0: Did you know I wrote a book with Cassandra Snow? It's true. Lessons from the Empress is coming out October 1st, 2022 from Wiser Books. Lessons from the Empress is a tarot workbook for creativity and self-care. Self-expression and self-exploration are essential for living a fulfilling life, and the tarot allows for an incredible opportunity for creative exploration. Using the Empress, who is an archetype of creation and abundance, as a metaphor for the journey, Lessons from the Empress takes readers on a journey through the tarot using easy to follow magical rituals, tarot spreads, and creativity exercises in a way that will empower you to embrace your true self and express that self to the world. You can pre-order the book anywhere books are sold. And just to make things easy, I've included a link to my uh, bookshop.org shop in the show notes. Happy reading! Hello, and welcome to the Heathen's Journey podcast. I'm your host, Siri Vincent Pluff, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the show where I explore heathenry through a queer lens – we will be talking about traditional witchcraft, runes, folklore, and so much more. Join us, won't you, as we journey to the ends of the Nine Realms and back. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode about Hagalas. Thank you all so much for your love on that last episode and the launch of this uh, second season of the Heathen's Journey podcast. It was truly such a joy to write and put together. I'm also happy to announce that the website for the podcast is now live. Originally, I had wanted to keep everything on one website, northernlightswitch.com, but I think the podcast definitely deserves its dedicated online home. I now have access to much better transcription software than I've ever had before, so I will be uploading my scripts and transcribing the interview episodes as I go. I am, however, hoping to get all of the transcriptions from season one done and up before the end of this current season. I'm giving myself a lot of time because it turns out that transcription takes a really long time. especially when you need to account for words in another language and using um, characters that are not really used in English. So it's a bit of a slow process, but it's one that I am committed to finishing. In other podcast news, if you are potentially interested in sponsoring the podcast, I am currently building a sponsorship program. I have a link to an interest form on my website, so if you're into it, please go to heathensjourneypod.com and go to the support page and fill that out. All right, all business out of the way, on to the meat of the episode. This week, we're continuing our journey through the second eight of the runes with Now These. Now these need fire, rune of potential and action and making choices to get ourselves out of the direst of circumstances. This rune comes after Hagalaz. The storm always reveals our needs. This is a rune of fire, but not in the way that a lot of people think about fire in magic. Yes, it is a rune of power, but all runes contain power. There is an urgency to these that can be destabilizing. It is truly born of friction, tension between things that need to come to a head. The rune itself even resembles two twigs or flintstones rubbing together. Friction creates the fire. As with all runes, the different rune poems show different meanings and layers to Nauthys. In the Icelandic rune poem, the rune suggests a relationship between need and oppression. This is a beacon of light, but specifically a call to those who experience marginalization, to see the full extent of the oppression and to find a way out. Here's a direct quote. Now the air thuggerthrockung werk opera niflunger. Need is grief of the bond made and state of oppression and toilsome work. The other side of Nouthese is the healing that it promises, if you're willing to do the work. From the Anglo-Saxon poem. Nud beeth ero on breosten, vertheth he pea oft nippe bernum, to help and to hele geveilthre, give he his hlyshep eror. Need constricts the heart nearest to the breast, yet often proves to children of men a source of health and healing if they attend to it in time. The first eight is all about learning the tools you need in your daily life, mastering them so that you're at a stable point from which to deepen your practice. The second eight challenges your safety and invites you to go deeper by waking you from sleepy acceptance. After the hail of hagalas, the sharp awakening into reality, the need fire is literally the fire under our ass to change our situation. Once you have realized the oppression and injustice of the world, you have a choice to make: look away or do something about it. Now these can show up to help us reprioritize our needs over our wants. There is another more basic aspect of this rune. Make sure that you get your needs met. In this way, Naothese has power in the most basic aspects of our lives, where we live, what we eat, our relationships. It is shelter, nutrition, love. I like to think of pairing this rune with Fehu from the first eight. If Fehu is having enough wealth and stability to delve deeper into our spiritual work, then Naothese reminds us to keep our bases covered. As we develop, our needs change. As we move from childhood to adulthood, where we get our needs met changes greatly. And then as we meet different milestones in our personal growth, such as marriage, divorce, parenthood, chronic illness, grief, buying a home, we shift our focus. Our access to resources is constantly shifting as is our place in community. Nauthi's reminds us to keep checking in to ensure that we tend to our needs even as they shift. This foundational aspect of the rune can also help us understand our future. The first three runes of the second eight are all about time and fate. Hagalaz, Nautis, Issa represent three Norns, masters of weaving the web and the collective Urlog. Taken slightly out of order, Hagalaz often represents Urd, or as we discussed last week, um, Hel, Isa represents Verdandi, or the present, and Nauthys represents Skuld, the future. Together, these three Norns represent destiny. But the really interesting thing about this is that fate isn't sealed. While Nauthys is undoubtedly tied to the future, there is a sense of individual determination. The Norns are conceived of as constantly weaving their web, changing things in response to the choice that people make. I see these beings as creating a sort of choose-your-own-adventure. They present the right questions at the right time. Understanding your future is not only about surrendering to some sort of fate, it is also about understanding how your actions and your ethics align and making the right choices. There are actually many more Norns throughout Norse history, and they serve good, evil, and neutral purposes. Fate and magic in the Norse world are not easy to categorize into light and dark. There is a fierce self-determination in this heritage. You define honor. You need to live in grace with your community. The choices that you make now have consequences that ripple. The effect is the shadow working of these. When you place these runes in a progression, you must recognize the folly of your past in order to see the potential futures available to you. This helps to contextualize the present and further define the futures that we actually want. Sometimes, now these shows up as a roadblock. If you are continuously running into walls, you need to examine if the challenge is trying to teach you something. The setback is a teacher or a guide. It's a sign that you need to rethink what you're doing because success might do more harm to the community around you than good. In my own work with the Norse spirits, I have found that they like to test you. Are you really sure that you want to design that class? Are you certain you want to write about the runes? I might go through months of writer's block or lack of inspiration, but when I realign through meditation and work with the spirits directly, inspiration strikes. I'll wake up to a fully-formed class schedule for the year-long program I'm designing. In the middle of a work session, the idea for an article will come to me, complete with outline, quotes, and keywords. Working through the tension creates beautiful breakthroughs that can take you higher and higher. Need is more foundational than want. In a reading, anything that is read after this rune is an outline of what is needed. For example, if you are asking about how to handle a tricky work situation, any rune that you read after Nauthees is a literal action step or resource that is necessary to resolution. In a reading about health, Nauthees instructs us on how to best take care of ourselves in the healing process. Nauthees is also helpful in swift communication with the gods. Bonfires are used as traditional prayer methods. You build a fire, and when it is huge and lighting your full circle, you send your prayers to the gods. Anything that you need the gods to hear, say it into the flames of the bonfire, and it will carry your prayers to their ears. But the form of sacred fire that Naouthis is most closely related to is a need fire. The need fire is a tradition not just in Scandinavia, but also in the Scottish Highlands and other parts of Europe. I can't speak for other regions, but I do know about the Swedish traditions surrounding the need fire. The practice of need fire is definitely a living practice, or at least it was living through the 1800s into the 1900s um, and troll dome practitioners still utilize need fire today, though it's not as widely practiced by non-magicians. It has actually been documented by folklorists who were preserving information at the turn of the last century. I think it's kind of funny to look at how folklorists describe their ritual and then how I know it. There are some interesting differences, though the folklorists did record the gist of it. I'm actually going to quote the 1911 Encyclopedia Britannica here in full. Need fire or wildfire, a term used in folklore to denote a curious superstition which survived in the highlands of Scotland until a recent date. Like the fire churning still customary in India for kindling the sacrificial fire, the need or wildfire is made by the friction of one piece of wood on another or of a rope upon a stake. Need fire is a practice of shepherd peoples to ward off disease from their herds and flocks. It is kindled on occasions of special distress, particularly at the outbreak of a moraine and the cattle are driven through it. It's efficient. Efficacy is believed to depend on all other fires being extinguished. The kindling of the need fire in a village near Quedlinburg was impeded by a nightlight burning in the parsonage. According to one account in the highlands of Scotland, the rule that all common fires must be previously extinguished applied only to the houses situated between the two nearest running streams. In Bulgaria, even smoking during need fire is forbidden. Two naked men produce the fire by rubbing dry branches together in the forest, and with the flame they light two fires, one on each side of a crossroad haunted by wolves. The cattle are then driven between the two fires, from which the glowing embers are taken to rekindle the cold hearths in the house. In Caithness, the men who were kindle the men who kindled the need fire had previously to divest themselves of all metal. In some of the Hebrides, the men who made the fire had to be 81 in number and all married. In the Halberstadt district in Germany, the rope which was wound around the stake must be pulled by two chaste boys. While at the Wolfenbüttel, contrary to usual custom, it is said that the need fire had to be struck out of the cold anvil by the smith. In England, the need fire is said to have been lit by a Bertley within the last half century. The superstition had its origin in the early ideas of the purifying nature of flame." So, we're modern heathens, why are we reading from a 1911 Encyclopedia Britannica? There were a lot of problems with that era of folkloric recording, but it's also important to return to these texts. Some of the problems within the field include the roots of white supremacy, as we have talked about before. Europeans were particularly interested in this romantic vision of Europe, and many used that romanticism to assert that European cultures were superior to other cultures. At the same time, there was this characterization of folk practices as quaint, which is a bit condescending. These folk practices were not given the same weight as religious belief. They were things that the backwards rural people practiced. In some cases, the idea of catching like Lighting a need fire became considered witchcraft, and it was something that you were no longer supposed to do. In general, there is a lot to be said in criticism of early folklore and anthropology studies. However, as many of these folkloric practices died out by the middle of the 20th centuries, these biased accounts are essential records for understanding the folkloric practices. These accounts must be read carefully, balanced with contemporary research and a good understanding of the historic circumstances during which they were recorded. I feel that I should say that the need fire is not one of those rituals that um, totally died. It has indeed continued a uh, legacy beyond beyond the uh, 1800s. It is still practiced today. So here's what I take away from this account. The need fire was a community event. It was something that everyone had to come together around to protect their sheep. Um, the exact practices shifted based on where you were, but the basics are thus one, fires across the community are put out. Two, a need fire, or two need fires, are built using the friction of one piece of wood on another, or rope and a wooden stake. Three, The sheep or cattle are then driven over slash through slash past the fires to protect them from disease or predators. But like I said, there are still people living who are connected with the original agrarian traditions who use need fire for much more than this one account. Contemporary practitioners of troll use need fire as a cleansing and protective ritual for clients. Traditionally, a need fire would be kept burning for nine days and nine nights, and with each night the fire would become more powerful. To accommodate for our more modern lifestyles, lives that move much more quickly than those of our ancestors, many folk magicians don't necessarily keep the fire burning for eight days before it is used. Instead, you can use the need fire on the same day it is stoked. Though, if you have time, I would be curious to see if you feel how the need fire changes over the course of three days, six days, nine days. The key difference between a need fire and a different form of sacred fire is in how it is made. Need fire is often referred to as twisted fire because it is made with friction. In Swedish tradition, the need fire and other fires that are lit this way are considered hot fire, while those fires that are lit with matches are referred to as cold fire. A hot fire doesn't need to be lit with two Flintstones rubbing together. It is common and effective for the practitioner to light this fire with a stick um, rubbing against nylon. Um, So basically you make like a bow um, with one stick and then a nylon string and then you rub that bow, um, the nylon against another stick. This is a long process and one that I have personally not yet been able to experiment with because of my urban lifestyle. But, you can find many examples on YouTube of people demonstrating how to make a fire with a bow and stick. Seeking out videos from wilderness enthusiasts is a great way to learn, and probably easier than me describing it without any visuals. And of course, if you are in an area impacted by wildfires, please be extra careful, or perhaps wait until a better season to attempt this. So translating all of this into a non-agrarian people, the need fire becomes an action we take to protect ourselves in order to thrive. Much like other smoke cleansing techniques, the need fire can be used to drive away nasty spirits from the home or the person. You simply put some coals from the need fire into a cast iron pan and carry them clockwise around the home or around the person. Remember that in Dome three is a powerful number, so you may want to circle three times. The fire itself is sacred and connects us back to ancestral pra- practices that have been going on for centuries. But how can the need fire help us to look forward? What future does the need fire protect and ensure? Kari Toring refers to Naothis as the rune of scold, the norn that shows up at our time of great need to guide us. We light the fire to bring her to us, to show us the guidance that we need. We can find inspiration in this folkloric need fire to twist our fates into something better. But here's the thing about Schooled: If you call on her for help, she is likely to take you to the root of the problem. This can be deeply uncomfortable and force you to face things about yourself that you bury deeply. It may mean that you have to face the truth that you have done wrong or that you are not compatible in your relationship or that someone you love has been doing horrible things. It may uproot you because you realize you need to be somewhere else or you need to change careers. But getting to the root of the problem is what is needed, no matter how much it may hurt. That is what a vulva does as a ritual practitioner. They move towards the point in our Urlog where things shifted and caused our current situation. The vulva is trained to see this because they have tended their own roots thoroughly. As a vulva in my personal practice, I seek to dig deep into these roots so that I can understand how to help heal them, both for myself and for others. I seek to learn from the Norns and become a guide in this lifetime. In general, when you seek the assistance of a vulva, spiritual problems have become difficult to ignore. So we have explored Nauthies as a source of aid in times of great need. Hagalaz may bring destruction and shows us where the needs are in our underworld journey. Nauthi's The Need Fire is the invocation of Skuld to help us understand the direction of our movement into the underworld. The Norns are not psychopomps in the traditional sense, though they do tend to the roots of Yggdrasil. They are powerful beings who are working hard to weave, repair, and enrich the web of weird that connects all of us. Learning from them requires us to be still in the eye of the storm that rages all around us. In the next Rune episode, I will talk about Isa as an ally in cultivating stillness. And until then, stay weird. <music> ¶¶ Thank you so much for listening to the Heathen's Journey podcast. I'm so honored to share these practices, conversations, and thoughts with you. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider supporting it on Patreon. The Patreon is designed as a learning and sharing space for fellow inclusive heathens to grow their practices. Every month we have a book club meeting, I share research notes, and episodes without the ads. If you would like to join, you can do so at patreon.com slash heathensjourneypod. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, keep it weird.